Welcome to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. IFA Talk is for professional investors only. Thank you. Thanks very much for joining us for the latest episode of IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast, where we talk to people who matter about the things that matter in the world of financial services. My name is Brandon Russell, and I'm the online writer here at IFA Magazine. And joining me on the podcast today is my co-host and IFA Magazine editor, Sue Whitbread. Hello everyone, it's uh, Sue here and on today's IFA Talk podcast we're really pleased to welcome our guest and it's Matthew Bunkton. For those of you who don't know him, uh, Matthew is the Chief Executive Officer of 149 Group, the organisation he founded back in 2021 with a view to it becoming one of the UK's leading financial advice and fund management groups. Well, it certainly got off to an impressive start, so we're looking forward to this conversation. And Brandon and I will be talking to Matthew about the business, how it's growing, and in particular, we'll be looking at acquisitions. So Matthew, thank you very much for joining us today. Sue, Brandon, thank you very much indeed for inviting me along. I'm delighted to be able to share some of our story with you. Yeah, we're limited on time, of course, but can I ask then to you to kick off by telling us a little bit about you, a little bit about 149 and the development so far. Yeah, sure. Um, I think the germ of the idea behind 149 started in 2017, 2018, when me and a number of the team here were working at a well-known tax-efficient alternative investment house where we had significant exposure to the financial advice space. Um, particularly around uh, IFAs, but it also, uh, we also had our sort of foothold into accountants and lawyers and anybody who looked after the affairs of high net worth individuals. And it was at that time when perhaps the sector had already started to consolidate. And we thought we could add something slightly different to that story by bringing together advisory firms that may have come from a slightly different background or have a slightly different need for their clients. And, and I think that's what we've done to date. The success of the business speaks for itself, doesn't it? So uh, we'll hear a little bit more about that now as we go through. Yeah, well, we'll jump straight into that then, shall we? So Matthew, like Sue said, it's great to have you on. Uh, we know that 149 has been steadily growing by acquisition, and we'd love to hear how you actually identify those advisor firms, which you think are likely to be of interest. Yes, I mean, I think one of the advantages that me and the team have here at 149 is that we have an awful lot of knowledge of who exists in the regulatory advice space in the UK. So many of the firms that we have acquired or indeed continue to talk to, we may well have known for 15, 20 or in some cases, 25 years. And I think that makes it easier when talking to an vendor of an advice firm, when they're looking to at their own succession planning and they want to pass on their business that they've built over a significant period of time, their staff and their clients to a trusted pair of hands. So yes, like a lot of our peers, we have we enjoy fantastic relationships with the corporate financiers in the UK, brokers and agents that act for advisors, financial advisors, but we also know a number of them directly. And it's very satisfying, I think, when uh, a financial advice firm may have appointed an external advisor to, to look at their own succession planning, and we are put at the top of their list because of a history that goes between 
myself, Gabby here in the management team, Bevan as well, and those firms uh, from, a, from a prior relationship. And that's really helpful to us. How many acquisitions have you made so far? Seven. We started life uh, in September 21, having acquired, uh, acquiring initially uh, Charter Financial Planning in Preston and Rice Whitmore Crozier in Manchester. Um, Charter, funnily enough, exchanged on the uh, exchange contracts with us on the 14th of September, 149. Mm -hmm. um, Charter had been in established business for 40 years, so it's very rewarding when the owners, Deborah, Barry and Sue trusted their legacy to RWC. I've known them personally or through or professionally and personally for about 20 years. And that's that's helped. And since then, we've used those two firms as a platform to other firms across uh, across the UK um, and including Scotland. You are listening to IFA Talk, IFA Magazine's weekly podcast. Subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to be notified as soon as a new episode becomes available and follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Instagram at IFA Magazine. Because it is an emotive thing, isn't it, selling a business? And I wonder, therefore, what, what are the things then that you find that vendors will care about the most when it comes to selling their business? And I guess it's not about just about the financials, is it? Financials is the least of their worries. I think as long as they're being treated fairly financially, the market is the market. Um, they genuinely care about their staff. They genuinely care about their client because many of them operate in provincial towns where they ultimately post-retirement will walk up and down the high street and want to be assured that the new owner of their business is continuing to look after their old client's mm. needs. Mm. So I do genuinely believe it's the people and the clients, a lesser extent their name and identity and a lesser extent their premises. Yeah, you mentioned earlier about a trusted pair of hands and that resonated with me. I think you summed it up there, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, it's very difficult. We all know that there are a number of acquirers in the UK at any one time looking to increase their business through inorganic growth, uh, and we're no different. And But it's, I think the biggest issue for the vendors is that they've been running their ship the way they wanted to do it for decades, and they have to overcome, and we're very sensitive to this, actually, We they have to overcome that post-completion they become an employee and many of them haven't actually seen a formal employment contract for decades and I think that's a really sensitive subject and I think because of the way we approach acquisitions and the way we deal with people both generally both in our personal walk of life and also corporately is that we're very very sensitive and they're just not acquisition number 22. You know, we're very sensitive to their, their feelings. And that's important. And I think if you get over that, then um, things like central investment propositions and advisor propositions and pay and rations and price for their firm, they become secondary. Perfect. All right, then, so move, we're running out of time quite rapidly here, but just move on. You've got a lot of experience under your belt with acquisitions. So it could be round off today's conversation by asking you to describe some of the more common mistakes you see acquirers make and how they can be avoided? I think, and I put, I, I use the term, um, Brandon, uh, acquirers generally, and I wouldn't single anybody out, including us, but 
there is no substitute for spending a lot of time with acquirers and their teams ahead of acquisition to make sure that there is a fit, both culturally, from a person, personal perspective, from a personnel perspective, and from a proposition perspective. And I, I think the more time you can spend in an open and transparent way, the better it is for the acquirer and the acquiree. The problem comes is that understandably, the vendors don't want to share too much with their team until they know the deal is in the bag. And that, there is tension there, obviously. But the, the, the more time you can spend with folk, with each other, the better. Uh, I just wonder then, before we sign off today, what's next for 149? What's coming down the line? Anything exciting? Yeah, um, we're launching to our advisors, particularly with one eye on consumer duty. Um, mm. In the next uh, week or so is, uh, and by the time this podcast goes out, it may well have been launched, the new 149 central investment proposition, the advisor proposition, the advice proposition as we bring together what are individual directly authorized firms into one regulated entity and one harmonized proposition that gives clarity of thought and clarity of advice for clients, power planners, administrators, advisors, uh, and the market generally. And that's, that's essential to make these opportunities grow in the, in the area of acquisitions. Yes, we've always got one eye on other firms join in our family and it's fantastic that we have a strong pipeline of of, of vendors looking to talk to us but really the, the the next my focus in the next six months is to rationalize and harmonize the firms that we have acquired so far into one you know proposition for clients before we part company today then matthew um anything that anything else you'd like to say to our listeners today yeah i mean i hope that We've given a very brief insight into 149, the group, the professionalism that we adopt. And if there are any uh, advisors out there who are looking for a new home, looking, contemplating their own succession planning, I know that me and the team would be delighted to, uh, to speak with them in a very impartial way. But I think people find the interactions with 149 very professional and um, it'd be delighted to talk to anybody out there who feels that they want to... Uh, have a conversation with us. Matthew, thank you very much indeed for joining us today. It's really interesting to get a little insight into what's going on. And it's been really interesting to see the impact already that 149 has made on the advice community. Uh, we'll be watching the progress with, with interest. So please do keep us posted. Sue, of course I will. Thank you very much indeed. And Brandon, thank you as well. And I hope uh, your listeners find this interesting. IFA Talk is for investment professionals only. All material has been carefully checked for accuracy, but no responsibility can be accepted for inaccuracies. Whatever appropriate, independent research, and whatever necessary, legal advice, should be sought before acting on any information contained in this podcast. And value of investments and income from them can go down as well as up. You may not get back the amount you originally invested.